Gary, last Monday, I was tired. I was grumpy. I was yelling at you and everyone that would listen. This Monday, I feel great. And so I just want to say to all of you out there, if you're feeling a little down, I hope you brush it off like Cam Newton did three grown-ass men. Like dust and dandruff on his shoulder, just... Welcome to the L. Duggett Show with Gary Streisky. Oh my God, we're going to get to that because it feels like so many men in sports are in heat. Uh, <laughs> but we are we are, we are, are again coming to you remote on a Monday because again, I am coming off the road. But I have to say, college game day, women's basketball college game day, which I host along with uh, Chinea Gumake, Andrea Carter, Carolyn Peck, Rebecca Lobo. I have been to some really incredible places, Gare Bear. Last year, Iowa was so litty. We are going back to Iowa next week. We've been to South Carolina where the Gamecocks fans are incredible. But I experienced something so different yesterday in old Blacksburg, Virginia, in the unassuming foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains lies some of the most passionate fans I've ever experienced. In fact, the head coach of the women's basketball team, his name's Kenny Brooks. He said he calls them a healthy cult, and I can understand why. These kids lined up the night before our game day. And here's what I think is so cool and why I'm, I'm bringing this up. Because when we talk about support surrounding women's basketball and women's sports in general, what it looks like was yesterday. Because a lot of times on game day, we benefit from, we're going right into the game, right? So we do have a crowd for game day, but mostly... They're there because they're there for the game and we just happen to be there and we get to sort of enjoy the spoils of that. This game for Virginia Tech in North Carolina did not tip until 2 p.m. These people lined up specifically to come just to game day. They had to leave the Coliseum after our show was over and re-enter just so that, you know, some of the people that didn't actually have tickets could be weeded out. And they were lined up down the street in the freezing 30-degree Virginia cold hours before they opened the door, drunk, excited with signs. And it just was such a testament to not only the growth of women's basketball, but also how underrated some of these college towns are, especially a place like Virginia Tech, who our good friend and colleague, Zach Mariner, he's a producer on the 6 p.m. Source Center. He's a Hokie. He's from that area. And he told me yesterday, "L, we are the Buffalo Bills of college programs because their school, and they've had athletics at that school since the 1890s, has never won a team title in anything, ever. Not one single thing, ever. And so they have taken the Buffalo Bills approach of, we are going to pour so much love and fandom and adoration and adulation on all of our teams in the hopes that one day we will reach that promised land. And they were just incredible, great hosts. And so I love you, Hokies. I'm an honorary Hokie now. Hokie High was lit. And it was the first game day to ever go uh, to Blacksburg. So, you know, they were going to roll out the red carpet. Matter of fact, I was watching uh, from home as I was packing up after doing SportsCenter. And when uh, Jay and Hannah threw to you guys to do your pregame hit, I didn't I couldn't hear what you were saying for the first probably 30 or 40 seconds. And I was upstairs at my 
uh, house and I thought it was you and I was like I think that sounds like L but she's getting drowned out by <laughs> she's getting drowned out by the lid which should say something Gary I'm the loudest which person is crazy I'm like no that there's no way that that, that can be L she's talking way too way way too docile she's talking at way too low of a volume so it was it was sick no it looked cool and Virginia Tech got the win too you can't show out like that playing against UNC playing against a conference opponent you know, having all that junk on that sign talking about you need to retire number 33. You got nobody big enough to guard her mm -hmm. and then lose. But they, they showed out and I'm glad that they did enter Sandman because that is what Lane Stadium is known for. And anybody who thinks of Blacksburg and Virginia Tech, obviously their probably natural inclination goes to the football team. Marcus Vick went there. Michael Vick went there. It's enter Sandman. And they did it at Castle Coliseum. Right. And, and it was popping. It was fan freaking tastic. We had a chance to do it with them after game day. We took jello shots. I mean, I just love and adore them. Excuse also, me. Wait, those oh, you... time out. Time out. What? That's right. Time my out. grown 40 year old ass took a jello shot and okay. um, my body almost, you know, rejected the $8 grain alcohol that was in it. However, I had to take one for the team and do what was right and fair. And so they were great. They showed up for us. I showed up for them by taking their nasty jello oh, time out. okay time out more questions because you're hosting you're hosting the program you're hosting game day it's this a, at the it's, end of the program it's a pinnacle program here at the worldwide leader yeah. i mean but who who introduced a tray of jello shots to you and the rest of the ladies on the panel they gave jello shots to andrea carter when she drove by them at seven in the morning i'm telling you it was liddy they were ready to go so we held on to them because we're responsible of course of we course. wanted to do our whole entire show before we took the jello shots and then we took the jello shots but again a reminder and it was a reminder that broke college kids don't have any money so these shots were real they were it, it, I, I, I use the term very loosely a jello shot there was barely okay. any alcohol in it the only reason i could taste it is because again it was probably like eight dollar mr boston's vodka it was fine. It, I probably could have done a calculus test after I took that jello shot, but it was all in great fun. One thing, side note, that people don't understand, and this segues us to our first story. If you've never been to Virginia Tech, that shit looks like Hogwarts. Everything is this, like, oh, they call real? it hokey stone. It's stunning. And I was like, oh, my God. I just was waiting for, like, Harry Potter to come out or for there to be a Quidditch match. And it was perfect because as I was what I feel like is the modern-day Hogwarts Cam Newton was fighting off three dudes while wearing the sorting hat from Harry Potter. <laughs> really interesting. You gonna get this fist. You gonna get this fist. <laughs> Sometimes, Gary, we're gifted these stories that are just like, this is why Twitter was made. Mm -hmm. and Or X or whatever you want to. Like, this is why we all want to come together and get some of these jokes off, of which there were many. So a little background. If you don't know Cam Newton... Um, let's give you the $10 short story. Time out. Former league MVP. Time out. If you don't know Cam Newton. Hey, how the hell remember, did... Gary, this is a show for everybody. Well, Not okay. everyone that listens is like super high on the sports. Well, Cam no, Newton that's what I was going to for a few years. That's what I was going to say. I, it was more, it was less a proclamation, more of a question. If you don't know who Cam Newton is, I am interested to find out how you stumbled upon this multi-platform program. Great. <laughs> if you don't know. Tell us about Cam it later. Hop, yeah. in the hop in the comments in the how comments. you found us. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so Cam Newton is a former league MVP, played uh, most of his years for the Panthers, made a Super Bowl, got boat raced by the Broncos in the Super Bowl. Let's get yep, yep, that was yep. our last one that we won. It's all been downhill from there. However, Cam Newton is a, a national championship winning quarterback from his time at Auburn. He is, however, despite all of his 
goofy clothes and the fact sometimes he sort of dresses like a modern day Rosa Parks mixed with Medea. He's from Atlanta, okay? And he is a giant man. This man is a very large man. I think Cam Newton's like 6'6", like 275 pounds, and he is pure muscle. And he was at a football like clinic for the community, like a seven-on-seven type of tournament. He does a lot of these things. Um, he is a community guy. He tends to do a lot of these like charity events, show up at these camps and clinics to help the next generation of footballers. I don't know what happened. We haven't had a TikTok debrief yet, Gary. Mm -hmm. But three dudes decided to attack him, to jump him. They wanted to sucker punch him. I don't know why. Cam can't talk a little shit sometimes. He can't have a slick mouth. Maybe he said something untoward. But they are now the poster children yep. for look around and find out. Dude, you can't step to these guys, man. Cam Newton, <laughs> Cam Newton is bigger than my refrigerator that I'm looking at right now. And he weighs more too. Facts. And he's still like in his, not NFL prime, but he is still in his man prime. Yeah. This dude is early 30s, early mid 30s max. And he's still training because he just as soon as last year, recently was last year, is like, yeah, I could still play. Yes, I could still I'm still one of the best 32 quarterbacks in the NFL, in my estimation. I don't want a backstory, L, because whatever the backstory is that enticed these three or four, by some accounts, five dudes five, yeah. to want it with Cam Newton, there's not a backstory good enough that's yeah. going to be like, it doesn't matter. Because I, when I initially stumbled upon the video in my late night doom scrolling, Last night, it was from an account that I didn't notice or that I didn't uh, recognize. So I was like, okay, yeah, no, for sure. This is like, uh, this is going to be like an AI bot or this is going to be a deep fake. And then I started seeing it come from the people that we know and the people that we follow. And I'm like, oh my God, this is Cam Newton getting it in. Grabbing a dude by the shoulders, throwing him down the steps. And then they had him up against the fence. And I was like, oh no, this is where Cam goes down. And then I remember he led an entire Auburn team to which I can't name any other players on that roster to a national championship. And I was yeah. like, oh no, no, no. He's been in this dire predicament before. One V everybody and he's going to get it done. <laughs> yes. He, he, listen, for those of you that have not seen the video and I encourage you to see the video, if you haven't seen it, if you're, if this is, you know, you're listening in your car or on audio, imagine... Do you remember the Wizard of Oz? Okay. Imagine the Lollipop Guild trying to attack Shaq. That's basically, imagine just a bunch of little guys just come and then just Shaq just sort of just brushing them off and just, ooh, ooh. I mean, it's just in his hat doesn't his, budge his not the whole time it doesn't move. Yeah. That's, that's going to, that's a, this is a great like happenstance commercial from whoever. Uh, makes his hats. Do you know what this is going to lend itself to now, L? It, which is going it's it's both a great thing and also like a not a great thing is Cam Newton never lacked in confidence. All right, in front of a camera, the next time this guy hops on a podcast, whether it be his own or somebody else's, the next time this dude's in front of a hot mic or in front of a lens, oh my god, get your popcorn ready because can you imagine? He's going to be like, can you imagine the street cred? Oh like again. Everybody, like, I, I think there's a few warnings here, right? Like, look at how Cam dresses, right? Cam dresses like someone who's ready for you to try him. It's like he's baiting you to talk, you know? Like, so, I'm telling you, sometimes he kind of dresses 
like Medea. And it, it would beg for someone, especially from where he's from, because Cam is not from the suburbs of Atlanta. He's a Westlake dude. It begs, it lends itself to someone messing with him. And if you dress that way and you write in wingdings, you have to expect someone's going to try you. And you must have the confidence that Cam knew that we now all know, which is that he can take on anyone. And I thought one of the most astute points was on Twitter, this is vegan Cam doing yeah, this to that's me. True. Okay. Yeah. What about Cam that was eating protein and chicken, steak and pork chops? He's from Atlanta. What about Cam that was hopped up on lemon pepper wings? This is Satan Cam. All right. This is chickpea cam. What? This is sweet potato cam doing this. Low key, actually, that that might have actually helped helped his rage and anger <laughs> because he's just been. He just been had that bottled up because he hasn't had the taste of like red meat in so long. He's been pissed. He's been he's been finding a reason to tear into flesh one way or another. And yesterday in that fight, he <laughs> he got that. You know what I'm saying? Like he hasn't had the taste of red meat, but he got the taste of blood yesterday. Is what we're trying to say. You know what I'm saying? For the first time like, in a long time, he got that blood. Y'all don't want it with Cam Newton, man. Like damn. Yo, it was just so good. I wonder who's going to take the most credit. Like if I'm, is there like some vegan association of America? Because if I am, I am putting that on a commercial. I'm going, this is what you can do if you stop eating animals. PETA's going to step in. They're going to be like, see what happens? If you can literally stop eating animals, you can be a Superman. Super Cam, man. Still living up to the name. Super Cam. Here's the thing. Is that we've had a lot of fights um, across all of sports, I mentioned that, like in the NBA, had a decent one. I mean, you know, I always use the word fight really loosely when it comes to NBA because it's relative, you know, yep. for the most part, unless Draymond's involved, we don't really see any real punches. We nah. see a lot of posturing, a lot of circling. We saw a little bit of the scrap, maybe like a baby scrap, if you will, a little scrappy, if yep. you will, with Miami and the Pelicans. It was enough that it got your boy Jimmy Butler uh, suspended. All right, he's going to lose out on almost $260,000 because of the suspension. That's a one-game check for old Jimmy B. What? Yeah, one game check. And of course, he already was on Instagram, you know, quoting our Damn. boy Akon talking about he's locked up. That would cripple me. I'm I'm still I'm still hanging on the, the suspension. 260 bands. He ain't even gonna yeah. notice that. That would no, not that, at all. That would, that would that would that would ruin me forever. Yeah. Yeah. I would never be able to climb out of that hole, L. Anyway. No, yeah, <laughs> that is right. That right there is like lifelong debt for literally anyone Damn. else. But we're wondering if there's something in the water, if there's something that we can do, some kind of anger management or some kind of way we can create a buffer for these guys when they start scrapping, when they start fighting. Because the, the Heat need Jimmy Butler, all right? Yeah. They need him and he needs that money. What can we do? Right can on. we provide just some tools for these guys when they start circling? I don't even know what this fight started over. Seemingly nothing, just some chipping at each other. What can we provide these guys, some tools they can utilize when they're about to scrap that will calm the situation, Gary. A knife. Okay. End the fight real quick. Okay, no, so I did this highlight the next morning on SportsCenter. And actually, Jimmy Butler was not the antagonist, the protagonist. He was he was merely coming for his guys, uh, showing support for his guys. He wasn't the one who started this. Kevin Love grabbed Zion, who got the ball, and then he he threw him down. Eric Spolster was like, yo, on Kevin Love's best day, he's not throwing down Zion Williamson. No. He clearly slipped. But as Zion was going to the refs, Najee Marshall took exception to this. He thought it was like intentional from Kevin Love. So he started going to beef with Kevin Love. 
To which Jimmy Butler was like, wait a minute, dude. No, no, you can't just, you can't pick on the most docile guy on the team. So Jimmy Butler goes to Najee Marshall, and Najee's like, this is the way I'm going to get into a headline. Puts his hands around Jimmy Butler's neck. And I think right up next to, like, spitting at somebody, like, gripping somebody's neck is, like, fight or yeah. flight. Fight or flight. Well, I think a slap is worse. I think uh, I actually think that a grown man would prefer to be punched or choked over being slapped, which in many ways insinuates you are a Exactly, which is why I would rather be slapped because if I got slapped, I think I would laugh and I'd be like, are you kidding? I can't fight you now. But if another dude put his hands around my neck, all of a sudden, this dude's trying to kill me. I got to get to him first. So anyway, these guys start going at it. Uh, and then another fight breaks out because Najee Marshall then goes after Thomas Bryant. And this L is the funniest part of the entire story because five players ended up getting suspended Four players from this game got kicked out. Thomas Bryan being one of them. He's a bench guy for the Miami Heat. He was a healthy scratch. He wasn't even playing. But he just decided, I'm going to get these minutes in. All right, I'm going to hop in this fight. One way or another. And fight Jose Alvarado, the smallest guy on the Pelicans. <laughs> again, which is the best. And again, famously, Thomas Bryant is the one who will forever be remembered for calling for the ball as LeBron was going up, passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the NBA scoring title, you can see it in the picture. Thomas Bryant's backing down his defender, calling from the ball, which is... Give it to me. And that is how he ended up as a member of the Miami Heat. Anyway, I went on a bit of a detour, but all that to say, for what... In Jimmy Butler's defense, he was simply coming to the defense of his guys. Okay, so that's totally fair. I believe that too. But Jimmy can be emo at times. Yeah. So let's just say, I personally think... And maybe I'm stealing a little bit from a Dave Chappelle skit back in the day. I personally think one of the great buffers, one of the great like ways to sort of calm and quell some of these things as they're ratcheting up is just to play music, right? Like I am I was in the club one time okay. hosting the club. And this girl is like coming to me. I'm starting to get like riled up. She's like talking, you know what? And I'm like, we're not doing this. I'm working, what's going on? And my DJ and just the best intervention plays the beginning of Headsprung by LL Cool J. And if you don't know, the beginning of Headsprung by LL Cool J goes, they call me Big LA. And the minute I heard Ellie, the vanity in me clicked in and I was like, I'm not arguing with you. I'm pointing at me and I'm rapping on the mic again. I was like, run it back, infamous. They call me Big LA. So here's what I'm thinking. Okay, okay. Let's say the heat next time get into something, right? All of a sudden, you hear Gunna and Chris Brown. This drip got you in heat. Huh. Everything designer, that's on me, right? And then they break out into a dance. Okay. And then okay. I'm realizing that this sort of is the plot of West Side Story. Yeah, no, for it. sure. And then just. Yeah. <laughs> when you're a heat, you're a heat. <laughs> Damn. Gonna... I'm willing to try anything at this point. You're going to break out like... a song? I feel like I feel like if you just sort of, if the DJ just sort of jumps in yeah. and he just like plays a song and then everyone like gets distracted, they're like, why is he playing heat? This song is good though. I do remember that I liked this song. Then uh -huh. all of a sudden here comes some girls with bottle service, right? They're doing the thing in Vegas yep, where they're yep. rowing out with the bottles. Like yep. I feel like a, a just a mass level of distraction uh -huh. would prevent all of this from happening and then no one would get suspended and there wouldn't be any of us sitting around going, oh, another stupid NBA fight because it will have turned into... A great club atmosphere. But it's just, he's just one finger stroke away from hitting the wrong button and all of a sudden Migos fight night 
starts playing <laughs> in New Orleans. And, and then all of a sudden, it's 17,000 people. It's a Royal Rumble. I have a hilarious story, L, about how you can actually, not actually, because I feel like that clearly de-escalated a fight in that situation for you. Sure. But the, the, the most hilarious de-escalation of a fight I've ever seen in real time came when I was about in college at my friend Mike's house. <laughs> oh no, you're already laughing. So my friend Mike, I'm going to leave his last name out. He would host parties often. And you know, college parties, people uh, would show up that you really don't know. They're a three or four degrees of separation from the person. Anyway, this guy and his gal show up to a party. Okay. Nobody knew him. They go down to the basement where, you know, there's like a living room area. There's a bathroom, a couple bedrooms, but there's a bathroom down there. So Mike, we're all down there. Mike goes into the bathroom because he needs to use the restroom. Sure. Just so happens this man and his lady friend were in the bathroom getting, getting familiar Okay, yeah, getting, getting, getting mm -hmm. familiar with the layout uh, to the degree that Mike maybe saw more than he bargained for. Okay. Okay. Maybe he saw, maybe he, he didn't have a flagpole out front. Maybe he had a flagpole in the bathroom downstairs. So this guy, irate, comes out of the bathroom, super mad, mad at the homeowner for seeing what he just saw, right? And this dude... <laughs> You like uncovered this hidden core memory for me. He comes out guns blazing, so mad. What the bro? Like you gonna just walk in me and my girl? I don't think he knew that it was Mike's house. He goes, bro, what the f, bro? You gonna walk in me and my girl? We're doing our thing, bro. You can't knock. What, bro? I, I ought to you up, bro. Da, 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 da. I'm in there. You saw my. Now pull your pants down so I can see yours. Shut. I swear to God. And everybody was just like record scratch. And then we were just like, was like no, 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 no. We don't what? want that. No, no, everybody keep your pants on. Nobody Please. take your pants off. Everybody keep your pants on. Nobody needs to be seeing anybody else's unit. Go back to what you were doing, dude. Next time, lock the door. By the way, this is my house. You can leave as soon as you're done. He straight up was like, you saw my. Now pull your pants down so I can see yours. Like that, like that vehemently, like with that much passion. It's like, dang, dude, if I didn't see what you had just done, maybe I thought you want to hook up with me in that, the bathroom. That's what I'm saying, El. So anyway, just again, one of those things that just stop everybody abruptly in their tracks, much like having a DJ who is so tuned in that he can simply break up a fight by playing an early 2000s bop. Well, now I want to go back in time and tell the DJ to just jump on the mic and go, quick, everybody pull out your... <laughs> that'd be awesome yeah all right speaking yeah, of yeah. being cocky yeah when we hey, come hey. back when we come back russell wilson has said something that's got the internet going hmm but i think it's actually much more revealing than anything the L. Duncan Show returns in a minute. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Okay. uh, (laughs) One of the other really funny tweets that came out of the Cam Newton fight was someone saying, and don't get it twisted, as corny as y'all think he is, Russell Wilson could do the same thing Mm -hmm. to some of y'all laymen, only after he beat you up, he would have offered all of those kids scholarships, prayed for them, and then given them a skincare basket, Um, which I thought was really funny. But he is also in the news because of something that he said on Brandon Marshall's I Am Athlete podcast. Uh, Russell Wilson is embroiled right now and about to be released from his second team in three years. People don't want him. You know, he's a a bit of a shell of himself. Certainly, I think he can still go somewhere on a veteran minimum, but he doesn't have those tiny, small, moderate aspirations in mind. No, he's got really big, bold ones. For me, it's about winning. Over the next five years, I want to win two. Um, So, yeah, so two... Two Super Bowls in the next five years from a guy who can't win more than eight games in a season to even get to the postseason. We should probably just start like there before we jump ahead. But before you get all up in arms, people, and go, what is he talking about? He's being a delusional. Two Super Bowls in five years? How? I think he just told you how. I think Russell Wilson just revealed he's joining the Kansas City Chiefs as Patrick Mahomes backup. That's the only way it's happening, bruh. That's it. It's actually like kind of realistic. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's like, if he's revealing that he's going to go be Mahomes' backup, he is at backup quarterbacks get rings. He is right. He will get two more rings in the next five years. But if he thinks he's doing it at the helm, I don't see that happening. In particular, because any of the teams that would want him, and I've run through some of these, Gary, right? Like, I think a lot of these teams are teams that are like, they're going to settle. They're waiting to see what the Bears are going to do uh-huh. with Justin Fields. If they don't have great great draft position, they'll try to make a play at him. And if they do have great draft position, they'll try to draft someone. And if none of those things work out, then they can settle on Russell Wilson because the Broncos are going to have to incur a majority of his salary, mm-hmm. which means that you could sign him today for the league minimum, which would be peanuts for a guy that I think could still somewhat manage a game, but certainly is not going to be the reason that you win a game. A lot of things that we can sort of uh, cut off here and dissect. And what I want everybody to do, it's a little bit of a practice that it's a game that we can all play at home. Okay. Uh, we're not talking about the NFL. Just close your eyes and imagine. You're at a job and your boss is like, hey, here are the goals. Here are the goals set forth. We have uh, quarterly goals um, and year end goals. Mm -hmm. I want you to answer me. How many of those goals are you going to be able to accomplish at the end of your tenure here at XYZ company? If that employee was like, I'm going to shoot you straight, boss. I'm going to get to 40% of my goals. (laughs) 
nobody would be applauding that. Like that's such a no. that's such an arbor, arbitrary number of Super Bowls, two in five years. That Russell Wilson's like, that's how many I want to slash am going to get. I mean, you you break it down. That's forty percent of the next five years. He's like, those are my Super Bowl years. Like if you're confident, yo, I can win five in the next five. Just put me in the right position. You know what I'm saying? So you're saying if he's already going down the delusional train, just go full delusional yeah. and say, I'm going to win every year. There's n there's no win in saying any number between two, three, or four. If you're like, I know I got one more ring in me before I hang it up. Perfect. That's something that we could digest. Or if you're full delulu train, I got five in the next five. I know if I go to the right situation, if Kansas City needs a backup quarterback for the next five years, that's literally the only situation. I could get five. I could get five more rings. But where is he a plug and play guy at? Because the Broncos have until March seventeenth to effectively pick him up or cut him, and then they're going to owe him thirty nine million. To which, because there is offset language, he has come out and said, "I'll go play for the vet minimum because I know I got forty M's in the bank, no matter where I go." So actually, right. he's gaining a little bit more power or i guess maybe a little bit more appeal league-wide who might need who might think they are just a quarterback away but who is that some of the names he's been linked to the steelers they're not a russell wilson away i think the falcons they're not a russell wilson away i mean maybe they are the falcons i think are more of a russell wilson away but who knows what their offense is going to look like they're going through a coaching regime i'm not exactly sure russell wilson wants to go through another one of those not that he necessarily has um the choice. I do love the note from our producer Jackson that when we're talking about ridiculous promises, Jalen Brown now has one year left to complete <laughs> yeah. his promise of yeah. five championships. Yeah, so right. hopefully he can get five quick, five quick titles this year or it's over. But no, I think that um, in general for Russell Wilson, what he's trying to do right now is sell people on the idea that some of his best days are still ahead of him. Mm -hmm. I'm not exactly sure. That's clearly a pitch to a league that has watched him sort of be dragged through the mud at the Broncos. I mean, the Broncos literally punted on him when they still had a shot at making the playoffs. They were like, now we're going to sit you. And I think that this is a guy that's just been so maligned the last couple of years that he's trying to do his best to sell people. Correct. Um, which is really interesting when you talk about what's happening right now across the news with people trying to sell us on the fact that court storming should be done. And this feels like a lose-lose situation. This is, I hate this conversation. I hate this conversation, Gary, because A, it's um, it's very much a prisoner of the moment conversation. Yes. And no matter how you feel about what happened, you are in the wrong. Like if you think that court storming should not be regulated or can't be regulated, then it's as if you are uh, making light of Kyle Filipowski getting hurt. And if you say that it is you know, something that is dangerous and needs to be stopped then you're a Debbie Downer and you're hating on one of the coolest moments in all of sports. So for some background, Duke gets beat by Wake Forest. Wake Forest, of course, is at home. The only time those court stormings mm -hmm. happen is when someone pulls an upset at home. And as these fans are running on, Kyle Filipowski, who is literally the straw that stirs Duke's drink, gets injured because a fan runs into him and it's a knee injury. As of now, right now, Monday afternoon when we're Taping this, we don't know how significant the injury is. Obviously, a lot of our colleagues are very upset, including 
a former Dukey Jay Billis. Well, I mean, it goes back to what I've been saying all this time. It's fans don't belong on the court and fans may not want to hear that, but it's true. And while this does happen in college, it doesn't happen in the NFL. It doesn't happen in the NBA or Major League Baseball. Uh, and it's easy to stop. But the truth is, Greeny, I mean, I, I, I'm happy to talk about this with you, but it's really kind of pointless because it's not going to stop. He says it's dangerous. It needs to be done away with. He suggested on Get Up, you have to go as far as if you come onto the court, you don't come off the court because every single one of you that storms the court will be arrested. And then on the flip side, you had someone like a Monica McNutt that was like, I just don't understand how you can regulate something like this. And it is an unfortunate situation that happened not only to Kyle Filipowski, but also Caitlin Clark a couple of months ago. She fortunately avoided any significant injury. Uh, but she was knocked over as well when fans came onto the court after Iowa was upset. But it just feels a little bit like a lot of the outrage is coming from either former Dukies or from mm -hmm. people who are associated with Duke. Um, and it feels like as much as we've seen court storming over the years, and Jay Billis did make an interesting note that like other people have been hurt, fans have been hurt, not just other players. This does still feel a little bit anomalous. And sometimes I think we react to one specific case. I mean, we still... 22 years later, take our shoes off at the airport because one guy tried to sneak a bomb into his shoe. Do you know what I'm saying? It's never happened since. I don't know if it would ever happen again, but like, I, it feels like in this situation, it's a little bit knee jerk to just get rid of, yes, visually one of the coolest things in sports because someone got hurt. All right. Uh, anybody keeping track on their bingo card at home? February 26th, 11.38 a.m. at the time of recording. We finally made a connection between the shoe bomber and sports on the program. All right. If everybody had that day. Welcome. If everybody had that day on their bingo card, congratulations. You win bragging rights. I felt and I was watching Jay Billis and the panel discuss this whole thing on Get Up. And when I tell you. I. Perked up when Jay Billis said, surround the court, don't let them leave, arrest them, and find them. That sounds so ridiculous to me. All respect to Jay Billis. Joins us every weekend on SportsCenter. Obviously, this guy knows more about basketball than- And he has been anti-Gary, to, to my point. A lot of people are being knee-jerk. Jay's been anti this Correct. for a long time. He says that fans- do not in any circumstances belong on the court of play, which is good. He's never minced words about any of that, but that's so crazy to me. And John Shire too. And these guys have been on the receiving end of court storms in their time at, at, at Duke. So to take that away from the game and everybody says, Oh, college basketball and college sports is so much better than professional sports because of the passion, because of the pageantry, because these players and these fans and these alumni care so much. And then you start, they are the fabric of the game without them and without these cultures and without this mini cult at Blacksburg or other places that you go around the country. It's just the basketball game. So if we start stripping this stuff down and making it so sterile to the point that I know it's a saying, and I'm using air quotes here, where you're not letting kids be kids. And I get it. People get hurt. And that's why they have on the back of tickets a disclaimer. You could get hurt. You could die going to this game. You know, when you go to a baseball game, it's a foul ball. Hey, you can get hit and you could die. Of course, you always run risk of that. But to say that 
to ban it completely, to arrest people who are on the court. That just seems so knee-jerk to me. I think there is a middle ground there somewhere. Like yeah. it used to be win, get the teams off the court. It takes 30 seconds after the handshake line and then let them on. Yeah. That's fine. You can do I that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I feel like there's there's a middle ground between like a fine, which the teams don't care about paying because it's so great visually and arresting them. I feel like there, it, you know, Jay sort of remarked when Monica McNutt said that on Get Up that like, well, then you're sort of taking the spontaneity out of what we always said was a spontaneous event. Well, lots of things are sort of organized chaos. When you know you're in a potential court storming event and you know it, you know it. When you're a Wake Forest, like when you're a Duke and you know they're going to run onto this court when this team beats us, I do think there should be some sort of, maybe it's a sanction of, you'll end up forfeiting this game if your fans touch this court before the other players are off of it. So you run off the court, you get Duke out of there, and then you open up the floodgates and you let them come. I mean, I think that is maybe the only way you could attempt to try to regulate this because you don't. Like, listen, ultimately for us, we can sit here and go, I mean, it sucks for you, but it was just one guy. But if you're Duke, if you're John Shire, there's money, there's incentives, there are contracts yeah. on the line. There's all kinds of things on the line. And if you lose your best player, oh, days before March starts yeah. with a knee injury because people ran. Of course, this is a huge deal to you. Of course, this matters. One time is too many times if it costs you one of your best players before March Madness. So I understand why there is a, an outcry. There is outrage from that side. But I do think there's a way instead of just kind of throwing your hands and going, what can we do? You can try and figure it out to protect the players as much as possible because you're not even doing that right now. I don't think that you could put it in the hands of anybody but the players and add those stakes because you'd have so many double A agents you'd have duke fans dressed as wake forest fans just in the event that wake forest correct and, Get he, out there. and here's the thing and this is and this is because i've always been pro court storming based off certain situations wake forest was a home favorite they won the game as favorites and they covered the spread they were undefeated at home this season like this isn't coach k's duke blue devils you know what i'm saying you're not upsetting the number one team in the country so i think there are parameters that should that, that fan bases should actually implore if they're going to storm the courts. But I get it, dude. You're an underground one time, sometimes for four years. If you have a great time, maybe five or six years. So you're mm -hmm. going to get this opportunity not very many times. So I understand that. And Jackson actually made a good point. Duke never had stormed the court at camera because Coach K was so anti-court storming. They actually, they actually never did that. So that was a miss. that was a misspeak on me because Duke is like, hey, Act like you've been there before because Correct. Duke has. Other teams haven't. Correct. Exactly. Um, all right. Well, some people have had something happen that others certainly have, and that is having their beautiful names emblazoned on the front of a cereal box. Coming up, we'll tell you who's the latest celebrity to have their own cereal and just some product pitches that we feel like are some real missed opportunities for famous athletes. That ahead on the L. Duncan Show. Hell yeah. Ooh, we back. Caitlin Clark, I mentioned her. She got ran over on the court a while ago. She was fine. She, of course, is setting records. She's going to be the National Player of the Year for a second straight year. I mean, she's ridiculous. And because of that, 
She now has her own cereal. It's a uh, player of the year sort of campaign. They tend to do this um, to try to just ratchet up votes as if she needs any. She doesn't. But Iowa is going to send out a box of Caitlin's cereal and a copy of the box score from her record-setting game when she broke Kelsey Plum's D1 record. By the way, she's like 75 points away from Pete Maravich's record. Actually, less because she just had a triple-double. She is closing in on Pete Maravich's record. She'll probably break it when college game day goes to Iowa next Sunday. So please watch. Let's go. You see that? You see that little segue? But there was actually, as we sort of did a little bit of a deep dive, some other athletes that have had their name on cereal. I feel like if you're a famous athlete, cereal is like the easiest thing to go to. Like they all get, you know, there was a long time when we were growing up, Gary, the young kids that watch you on Snapchat will never know this. But there was this thing called Wheaties and people would win the Olympics or win the Super Bowl and they would be on a Wheaties box. And that meant you had made it like if you were on a Wheaties box, bruh, you were it. Um, but there are some other athletes that have had their own cereal. You tell me if this is real or fake. Ready, Gary? Yes. Slam Duncan O's. Slam Duncan. Duncan. No, I, I don't think he's a subscriber to the sugary. It's bre- real. Tr- okay, never mind. Yeah. Damn. How about CJ Anderson of the Broncos? CJ's Mile High Crunch. Okay. I would normally say CJ Anderson was a great running back in his time in Denver. Not a big enough name to commercialize a product, but because they're rabid for him back when he was doing his thing, I'd say that's a real cereal. It's a real thing, which seems crazy because he is not a household name anymore. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Gronk Flakes. That was, I I had many Ebola Gronk Flakes. I know you did. I had many. What'd they taste like? Muscle milk and regret? Frosted Flakes. They're great. And they got creatine in them. (laughs) And then, listen, I'm just going to spoil these for you. They're all real. Ocho Cinco's, T.O.'s, Peyton O's, Vado's. Okay, I'm seeing that Vada, we are Vada. running out of creative, creativity when it comes to the O's. But I feel like we could take some guys that don't currently have brands, and let's move beyond cereal because we're better than that. And oh. I think that we can suggest some marketing tips for some of these people, how they can embrace their own personal brands. And I'll start. How about Draymond's Punch? Oh, it's yep. like a Gatorade-like drink, but yep. um, it's Draymond because he does like to punch. However, Gary, if juice is not your thing, how about a refreshingly a refreshing bubbly glass of Nick Cola? That's good, and that and see, that's the thing about products these days. L is that consumers know when you're just shilling a product. Or if it's something that the person who is advocating and advertising for the product actually uses. And Correct. everybody knows famously Nikola Jokic would drink a two liter of cola yes. like every day growing up as a, as a kid. So yeah. those are awesome. And also Draymond's Punch, that could be many things. Yeah. Good, fun party trick. Uh, hey guys, take a look at this. Anybody want a cup of? And it's just, you know, it's a great conversation starter, L. So I like it that. Is. And I'm also, yeah. I'm also liking that we, even though Draymond does have an O in it, that we've incorporated names that don't have O's because it seems like the cereal industry only uh, brought on athletes if they had an O in their name. Just so that way it would be super easy and just put O's and it's a cereal. Okay, what about this? I mean, this one's one's pretty pretty self-explanatory with the boom in gambling. Mookie Betts. It's just it's 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 just a gambling app. You don't have to do anything sexy with his name. It's just great. Mookie bets sportsbook. 
boom. I like And then that. you can branch off into restaurants and, you know, maybe he signs you for an advertising deal once yeah. your, you know, deal with ESPN bet expires, if ever. No, I hope it never does. I hope Perfect. it's endless. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. I like that one. All right. I mean, he's the most famous athlete on the planet. I think he could have a couple of things. I think you could have a LeBronco, which is a high performance yep. SUV, of course. Yep. Or if he wanted to get into the skincare industry, a LeBron's, which is a self-tanning line. That's good. Side effects include a moving hairline. Okay, that was mean. And no, you know what? He's because his son is going to clean up. Because his son is going to clean up when he comes into the league. LeBroni paper towels. That's I mean, good. come on, Gary. I just feel like there might be a little bit of copyright infringement that they're going to have to sort of jump through hoops for. But because it's LeBron and he can make people and problems disappear, LeBron, I mean, well, Bronny, just coaches. Yeah, that's true. Bronny just ends up as the guy. All of a sudden, it's Bronny in a Buffalo plaid sweater on the cover of Bronny paper towels. Like, wait, what are you, what are you talking about? It's always been wait, like what? this. It's 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 always been like this. This is like a Mandela effect that we're talking about. L, this is one that you oftentimes run into, and I don't know why the advertise uh, the uh, the the marketing campaign has yet to take steam. Dunkin's Donuts. Hello. Come on. Yo, I pitched a long time ago for social. One of our producers, Cologne, knows because he was probably in like a million of those meetings. Whenever they'd be like, "L, do you have anything new or creative to to pitch?" and I'd be like, "Dunkin's do not." <laughs> Damn it, that's Which was the better. thing that we did on like Snapchat where it was like, do not do this. And then we would show something. It was kind of the first iteration of taking the L, but it was all in an effort to get Dunkin's Donuts to buy in. And I got to tell you, unless you're Ben Affleck, they don't want to be in that business. I don't understand. I'm a Dunkin. I've been teased my whole life for being a Dunkin. That's crazy. I've been called Donut Girl since I was a kid. And I just feel like I can't get any donut love no, from my own people. No, it's bullshit, man. For real. I don't, I don't like it. I don't agree with it. I'm upset about it. We're going to make yeah. this. I think you know what? I'm not going to eat any more donuts. I'm going to eat Lamar's bars. You have the floor. <laughs> describe, describe. Is this going to, is this like a sweet and salty snack? I think that it could be 100%, right? With like just a little crab filling in the middle. <laughs> Ugh, who are you? Just to play into like the Ravens or Baltimore. I don't, you know. And just a little old bay, just like seasoned right on top. I mean, that sounds interesting. Imitation crab meat sandwiched in between chocolate and nougat. Ew, L. I gotta go. No one's no one's ever done it, so you don't know. It could be great, and if not, it kind of sounds like something that you would your pants in if you were wearing purdy pants. Brock Purdy's personal line of khakis. Now, this is an idea that I can get behind. And in front, flat fronts. <laughs> Hell yeah. I could rock with that. Purdy pants. How are and those then pants? The theme, Purdy good. Yeah, pretty good, right? And then and then the, the catchphrase, like the motto, because everybody has to have like a tagline or whatever when it comes to their marketing for those Purdy pants. It can be either put on these pants or show me your right now. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, been there, done that. Well, I didn't do that, but I saw that. I feel like that's the best possible place to end this L. Duncan show. We will see you on Thursday in studio. Peace out, L. In the, in the meantime, keep your pants on or lock the door. Lock the lock door, the door you heathen. That's what they you got locks on the door moment. for.
Thank you. In somebody else's bathroom, a stranger's home's bathroom. At least lock the door. Show me yours and I'll show you mine. See you Thursday. 